Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning and welcome to Second Wind. It's a beautiful day here and I hope it is wherever you are. But it's even going to be a more beautiful day because you have a Come to listen to my guest today, Diane Heffman. Now, she is a pretty special lady, and I'm excited to have her on her show because she offers us so much in transition, in helping us regroup our life in moving forward. Now, Diane is a speaker, an author, an organizational expert, and founder of Spa Life. Diane is one uh, is an international is on an sorry having trouble there is having an international mission to help passionate high achieving women entrepreneurs learn to live a life of design and not default. As the spa life curator, she shows successful women how to infuse more harmony into the nine key elements of their life to continuously create more peace, beauty, freedom, and joy in their lives. Her podcast, Live Your Spa Life, is a call to action for all women to define and create the life they truly want. Now, Diane is is like a beautiful butterfly that's transitioning, has transitioned through life, experiencing divorce, becoming a single mom, needing to support two children. And to do this, she succeeded as an undercover cop in San Diego Police Department. Now, when I met Diane only a short time ago, I was really fascinated by this really attractive woman and this absolutely scary, scary Um, mysterious background, and I am so excited to share her with you today and her story. So welcome, Diane. Thank you, Joyce. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, you have to tell me, um, two things are just popping off my brain right now. Why did you choose Spa Life as your program, um, your program? Ah, well, great question. You know, people ask me that a lot because they're like, oh, do we just hang out at the spa and get massages? And, you know, that's a, maybe that's a, a subconscious thing because I think that is actually a great thing to have in your life. But the whole yeah. thing behind Spa Life is that the acronym for spa, the S-P-A, is to seek power always. And that's a reminder uh-huh. to all women that we have that power within us to shift uh-huh. no matter what's happening in our life, no matter what we've confronted with. Women are so resilient. And sometimes when we're in the muck, we forget about that. And so having the reminders of how strong we actually are 
is one of the big uh, missions and purpose of Spa Life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I applaud you on that. Now, I would be amiss if I didn't say, okay, how did you get in this career that, to me, uh, it has so much mystery about it, even though we watch it on TV? <laughs> I'm a big TV police story fan. And so I'm like, oh, my goodness, I would be so afraid. I would be uh, constantly in panic and and you don't you don't look tough and and what I would envision as a person that would take that career on. So I want to know how you got there and why you <laughs> chose that. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, it's so funny that uh, so many times the path that we have, it chooses us versus us uh-huh. actually uh, actively choosing. Which is uh-huh. interesting is I was the oldest of or am the oldest of three children. And my dad, basically, when I was getting ready to go into college, said, okay, are you going to be a doctor or an attorney? Like, those were the only two choices <laughs> in the world that there were available. Uh-huh. And, of course, he did that with love, you know, wanting me to be successful and thought that those were going to be, you know, high-paying careers. And I thought, well, I don't want to go into medical. And, uh-huh. uh, I, you know, I'm interested in law. That, that might be something interesting to do. So I actually went and got my degree in criminal justice and actually worked uh-huh. with an attorney my senior year of college. And realized that this wasn't the path for me and was going, "Uh uh-oh, now what do I do with this (laughs) law degree? And I had uh, other students, uh, men in the class that were going into law enforcement. They said, why don't you come on a ride-along and come check this out? And I thought, Mm -hmm. well, you know, what's what's the harm? And, and, you know, here I had never even touched a gun before. I really didn't even know what that whole profession was about. And didn't have a lot of contact with police, actually. And so uh-huh. I, at the time, they were actually looking for women. There weren't very many women back then on the department. And mm-hmm. I said, well, I'll just take the test. I was a good student. And I took the test and was accepted into the department. And between starting the academy and getting on the street, uh, they were particularly looking for undercover because there was a serial killer that was happening, and they were targeting prostitution. And so I kind of got mm-hmm. pulled into that world. And within three months, I, it just happened really super quick and You know, when you're young and in your 20s, you kind of don't really know what some of the things are that you sign up for, and you just kind of roll with it. And I just knew that uh, God had a bigger bigger plan for me to see Mm -hmm. things uh, outside of my uh, life of, you know, being middle America and and private school and to be on the street. I had no idea how people were living. I know. Isn't that interesting? I have no idea either. Oh, that's Moo that's trying to think of a question for us. Um, my dog, Moo, my dog, she's by my side. Um, one of the things that I am faced with thinking about is how did you face what I would have considered was a tremendous fear? How you're so young. I mean, was it the, 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 I call it the courage of the young because you know what you don't know, you don't know. And so, how were you able to face that on the street where where it not been your your ordinary experience? Right. Well, I think there's two things that, that happen with that. One, uh, the training is really uh, intense, and you really rely on your training. So in stressful situations, when you are well-trained, and this applies to all different areas of our life, is that we revert to our training, to our knowingness, and really – you know, gather from that, that wisdom that we have. And 
we are actually, um, one of the things I was very proud about is that our department uh, was very well trained. And so a lot of the situations were very reactionary. I mean, you only have seconds to really make oh, these decisions yeah. and do the things that you need to do. So really a lot of it's automatic. And so the better your training, the better you can have response and have those things happen. Now, right. sometimes hours later, you'd be like, wow, I just got shot at or this just happened or, you know, and you have that kind of mm-hmm. uh, after the fact math that kind of happens. But when you're in it, you really are focused on uh, on serving and doing your job and, you know, being uh, as safe as you can and, and knowing that you're there for a bigger purpose and there's right. other people who I think we uh, put ourselves in danger uh, more often when we're, we're protecting other people and we have a bigger mm-hmm. focus. Uh, another mm-hmm. thing that was happening is I had gone through my training and uh, my, my husband at the time, I'd been married for six years, my daughters were, were very young at the time when I was mm-hmm. going into the department and that wasn't the path that my, after I was finishing up my my uh, academy, my my husband did not want you know, any part of that. Wanted me to quit. Wanted mm-hmm. you know uh, us to move and just make all of these changes. And mm-hmm. I told him, I said, you know, I would consider that. However, I just had finished my training, which was very intense, and mm-hmm. I actually needed to do some time on the street in order to be fully certified. And I said, I want to oh. at least get my certification completed so that if I wanted to, you know, do this somewhere else or, or to ha- not, not make this year that was so challenging, you know, worth nothing. So I wanted yeah. to have that completion. And although he originally had agreed to that, uh, he, unbeknownst to me, had served divorce papers uh, within three days and, and had left. Uh, and that yeah. was just such a, a devastating shift and change because there was not any divorced in my family and I always oh. grew up was you can work anything out and you know, it really changed the paradigm mm. of how I even looked at life and, and that you know why would someone do that and why would you not consider counseling I and mean, there's just all kinds of things that came up and I right. actually started working uh, graveyards and, and which are, were night shifts and I was out on the street on, alone and one of the things that really kind of I was able to really grasp all of my my fear was uh, and, you know, is to really garnish in that courage and know that as a single parent, I had to come home every night, that I had my daughters. And so I think mm-hmm. sometimes things that we do is that there is a bigger purpose of why we're there. And I even had a fight song, like going to work, where I just got, <laughs> gathered up all my courage and my energy so that oh, when I got on so the cute. street, you know, yeah. I was ready. Like I knew, like, hey, yeah. what? no matter what, I'm coming home to my daughters. And so it became a mindset for me on the street. Uh, that no matter what, uh, I was going to be okay. Yeah. Wow. Now there wasn't any like, you know, I'm and now I'm I'm getting this from the TV. So there wasn't any <laughs> problem with custody because he knew that you were going to be working, leaving the girls alone, or or with uh, caretakers. There, you didn't have to face that, did you? Well, actually, I did. And uh, oh, what's so interesting darn. is you would think, you know, as a police officer, it would be considered a respectful, you know, job yes. and that all those things would be great. But one of the reasons he had taken me to court was saying that uh, I was actually considered unstable because of my shift work and the type of work that I was doing and, uh-huh. and all of those kind of things. And, you know, he had, uh, you know, remarried right away and was trying to say that he had a, a more stable environment. Uh, mm-hmm. one of the great things is, is that I had, uh, bought a house across the street from my parents. And so my daughters 
were raised with their oh, grandparents literally right yeah, across the street. Wonderful. And so, yeah. you know, I, I look at my parents were very involved in, in the uh, bringing up of my daughters. And so mm-hmm. the courts recognized that they had a very stable environment and uh, yeah. they were able to uh, stay with me. You know, that that is uh, something that I think we miss. We overlook the importance of grandparents being involved with our children. It is oh, yeah. so healthy for them to have that relationship because they do have unconditional love there. Even as much as I would like to say I offer it, I don't think I do all the time. And I think grandparents do. (laughs) It's like puppy love. You know, they offer it all the time, no matter where you are. So I think that's awesome. Now, I'm, I'm anxious to know if you were to say what those years as an undercover cop gave you could you give me um you know a few words or or feelings or um understandings what'd you walk away with uh, from those years well several things joyce i think that one of the big things is that we're stronger than we think and you know when when we decide to have that that courage and it really becomes a decision because you know, you can go down two paths. You could be, you know, really thinking about how scary the job was and how fearful, and you come from that mindset. And that mm-hmm. really would have actually put me in more danger, and it also would have uh, affected the danger of the community and my fellow officers because that's yes. the mindset. Because what is in our mind is what attracts things to us. When I uh-huh. showed up saying, you know what, no matter what, I'm going home, I'm going to be safe, I'm going to make the best decision I can. I am going to have great impact. I walked in those shoes. And there were Mm. times that I maybe didn't always feel like that, particularly as a police officer. And one of the things I really noticed is that, uh, you know, everyone is doing the best that they can. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the the face that you see in front of you is not necessarily the full picture of what's going on in people's lives. And to really have some empathy of what's happening behind the scenes, because even for Mm -hmm. myself, when I was in uniform, I would show up and, you know, I'm the face of a police officer and people expect Mm -hmm. me to save the day and to make everything right for them and everything be great. Yet Mm -hmm. a lot of people didn't know that I was also had some fearful aspects of me. I was a single mom trying to make my mortgage payment, just wanting to get home to my kids. But I didn't show that aspect of myself. And so one of the things that really helped me when I got into my my mentoring and coaching business and really supporting people and living their best life was that, you know, people have many different facets to who they are and to really Mm -hmm. be able to have those tools to get that inner wisdom that we sometimes forget we have, that we really truly can do everything that uh, we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So you many times refer to yourself as a reality reset specialist. I love that. It's like, you know, I'm not dealing in a fairyland. I know what life is, and we need to reset. I just love that. I think it's great. So how do you access the inner power that you talk about? I mean, we've talked a bit about the physical power, the mental power, but how do you access it? You know, if there's a woman out there that's facing changed life, divorce, some of those difficult situations that you've been through, that I went through, and others in our industry, what what would, uh, how does one reach out and grab the strength that they need to go through difficult times? 
just such a great and powerful question, Joyce, because it's so important. A lot of times we feel that, you know, this is something outside of ourselves, that it's like someone is, and I think this happens a lot. In fact, I don't know, if this, for those of you who've had children, one of the things that uh, I remember being in labor with, uh, one, you know, my daughter, and, mm-hmm. you know, there was this feeling, and I don't know if it was from TV or whatever, that you go to the hospital and somebody's delivering a baby for you. Like, they're doing everything mm-hmm. that's happening. And maybe because I was young when I was first having my children. But I remember a moment thinking, like, when everybody was running around and getting things prepared, I remember thinking, I have to do this. Like, I'm the one that does all the work. I'm the one that brings this child into the world. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're there to basically catch her and to help support. But this is the energy I need to do. And I think that this is a powerful energy, especially for women, whether you actually have children or not. We birth things into the world, and we actually have to make a decision around that. So when we feel like things are out of our control, they really Mm -hmm. are with us, and it comes down to a decision. And the decision is, how do you want to move about the world? How do you want to be in the world? And making just that decision, (laughs) go ahead. Uh Do you reclaim it every day? Just to finish the thought oh, on that is sorry. that yes, you know, making that decision of how you want to live your life is so important because just making that decision, then you start doing all the supporting actions and the things that allow you to step into that power. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love the song aspect. Of course, I love music, so that really gravitate with me. But <laughs> I love the song. Would please sing that for us someday? <laughs> I want to hear that song. (laughs) Is it on your website? (laughs) No, I know. That's so funny. I should have it on there, right? You should. I think that would be cool. Yeah, for sure. So we talked about so many things, but I'd like to talk about the drama ratio with clutter that you talked with, visited with me about. Um, It was, that's another case of getting your power and understanding what some of the things that we deal with in our every life, in our everyday life, is a reflection of where we are. So I'd love for you to share about the clutter issue that's in in many of our homes, um, how right. we work about it, how we deal with it. Yeah, because it's absolutely. a sign. It's a sign. You know, Joyce. <laughs> Joyce, this was actually first revealed to me when. Uh, I was on the police department because I've been in thousands of homes and I've been uh-huh. in homes that are multi-million dollar homes and more, more modest homes. And it had mm-hmm. nothing to do with the socioeconomics. It really had to do with uh, what the environment was, what was happening in there. And I really believe that the environment is a reflection of what's happening within us. And so at mm-hmm. that time I coined the term, the clutter to drama ratio, that the more clutter you had in your space, the more drama you had in your life. You would have police come to your home. You would have things going on in your relationship. You would, you know, be emotionally a wreck. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times, particularly when, you know, women are thrown into a transition in their life, things are not as they normally are. So things can right. even be more chaotic, especially if you have to move or you have to downsize or you have to shift. And I can remember one client in particular, she uh, was going through a divorce after being married 25 years, and she was so lost and She basically had all of her things just delivered in the middle of an apartment that she had to grab right away. And she was Mm -hmm. just, when I came to her and she called me, she was basically sitting in the middle of her room crying because there was just piles of her life. And this was a reflection of what she considered the shambles of her life. 
It was mm. visibly in front of her of all the things that, you know, had happened in her life. And so one of the things we looked at is, you know, we can look at this as there's access here that are holding you down and back is actually an anchor of things that represent mm-hmm. things that didn't work in your life. And so it's so mm-hmm. important to look at what do we have in our space that we want to have that we love that actually pulls us forward into the experience of our life that we want to have. And that's where we actually get to regain our control and we get to make decisions mm-hmm. that say, you know what, I am actually going to choose the experience I want to have and what I have in my space is a reflection of that. Mm-hmm. So the actual, um, how do I want to say this? The actual uh, practice of clutter in somebody's house, what I know it, you're saying it, it uh, emphasizes chaos, but does it also deal with some decision making? issues that they have in just being clear about who they are? Yes, absolutely. And what makes it challenging for people, and, you know, you and I have this conversation around if the decision-making process is sometimes what keeps people stuck because especially if you have a lot of transition that's going on in your life, you know, Mm -hmm. part of your your beingness feels like I don't want to have to make one more decision or there can be fearfulness of I don't want to make another bad decision. Like there could be a feeling of what's happening is, well, maybe I made a bad decision or there's second guessing of ourselves, and, and there's this feeling that it actually leaks our power away and it can actually uh, paralyze us. And so we don't want to make a decision one way or the other because we're afraid of making the wrong decision. And so right. the best thing to be able to do is just to make one decision because what happens is that one thing builds upon momentum, builds upon each other. So when you make one decision, even though the first Three decisions might be challenging decisions. It may feel like Mm -hmm. walking through quicksand. The Mm -hmm. more you make the decisions, the more you move forward, it becomes faster and easier. And then what happens is you're able to make faster decisions, which then builds your confidence, and then you start having a momentum, and then you can actually start kind of picking yourself up and moving through your life one decision at a time. Yeah. Do you think there was an age that we, because I believe we come in this earth being whole, and do you think there was an age or a significant happening in someone's life that they made the decision to start being a clutter bug? Did I phrase that right? Yes. I I actually think that 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 can actually be the truth because one of the things that can happen is if you have an emotionally significant event it Uh shifts the world as you know it right it's you know no one anticipates like oh in three years i'm going to be divorced or in five years i'm going to lose you know an important person in my life i mean these are unexpected things that happen in our life and so when they happen Mm -hmm. it shatters our world as we know it so what we thought was reliable something that we could you know be Mm -hmm. uh expecting there's a Mm -hmm. sense of feeling that the floor can fall out at any time. And so Mm -hmm. what happens is that clutter, just like weight, is a form of protection. So we tend to hold on to it so that we don't Uh want to – we have this barrier where we don't want to get hurt and we don't want anything to come in uh, to affect us. So when something, you know, traumatic can happen in our life, we – tend to hold on to things because, one, we don't want to make a decision and it feels safe. It's like even though it may look chaotic, it's something that we can rely upon. We know like, oh, that's over here and that's over here. Mm -hmm. And it it has almost a false sense of comfort in the moment Mm -hmm. of that. And so 
when it can feel scary to actually start letting go of things because it represents being exposed. It's getting out in the mm-hmm. world. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we really have to be mindful as we move through those and be aware of the processes that it's going to feel somewhat uncomfortable. And a lot of mm-hmm. times I call it being messy in the middle as you're yes. kind of going through it. It cannot yeah. feel as clear, but just knowing that it will be amazing on the other side, you have to just keep focused on, on, you know, the end and result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's amazing just in my own experience, because I did tend to have a little of the clutter issue, but I, if I, when I have repeatedly over the years ad- addressed that in my life, it's amazing how the energy of the room changes. I can walk into a room that now I've worked on and it's like lighter. It's it's not, I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's like yeah. the clutter isn't there. The, the closed in feeling isn't there. It's, it's totally different. Yes. Well, you know, a lot of things, times people don't realize is that uh, you know, you can kind of dismiss the clutter for a while when you just kind of get used to it and you walk past it. However, uh-huh. it's a subconscious distraction. It's actually pulling and leaking your energy away, which can uh-huh. lead to you feeling exhausted. You can feel paralyzed. It can actually be more challenging to make a decision when there's clutter in your space because we're, we're creative beings. We, we, whether we make decisions, you know, for our family or our business or our life, you know, we want to be creative. We want to have access, and we literally do not have access to a part of our brain when there's too much happening around us uh, because mm. we feel closed in, so we can't be creative. Yeah. But creativity craves clarity, and so you have to create the clarity in your space so you can, you know, express yourself and be uh, a viable person in the world versus being uh, shut down. And so clearing a space, and that's why I say, you know, you don't have to, you know, go too crazy here. Clear one space and just see how that feels and breathe into that, uh, particularly right. for, like, entrepreneurs. Uh, a lot of times yeah. they're, uh, one of the most cluttered rooms in their home is their office. And yes. the thing is that people will say that they want to have more abundance in their life. They want to, you know, thrive. But a lot of times, you know, the place that they're supposed to be generating, you know, money or, or paying bills yes. or having some clarity yeah are the most clogged areas, and that can be a reflection of what people are experiencing of not having uh, that abundance and that flow, you know, because money yeah. is an expression. It's, it's a flow, right? And if things mm-hmm. are clogged up in our life, we don't always see the flow that we want to see. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. Listeners, I hope you're hearing this. The importance of decluttering is huge into opening your energy level in your home. Just, we could repeat that, repeat that, repeat, and eventually you'll hear. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> right. you know, well, I've been and, there. And it's a great I know. example. You know, it's a great example for, you know, your listeners. Like, if they're at home, I mean, don't do this if you're in your car and you're driving, but yeah. when you get home, to actually walk into each room of your home and just stand in the middle and close your eyes and just oh, see. Cool. Yeah. And just see how you feel. Yeah. Right? So when yeah. you see like how you feel, then you can really start noticing what's happening in the space and how what the impact is for you. Awesome. Well, we are going to take a short break. And I know that we will be back because I know my listeners will be back and continue listening because this has been so powerful. And so anyway, 
Go take your quick little break and be back with us as we continue talking about empowering yourself. Seek power always. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Diane Heffman. And in addition to being a speaker and an author and a podcast host, she is an organizational expert, which has shared, she has shared with us great ideas about clutter and, and the need for clarity, particularly that when we don't live in clutterless environments, that can be a reflection of the stress and the decision-making and the chaos that may be going in through in our lives. So what about the importance was, I'm kind of curious, did you have, did you go into organizational uh, development before or after your, as part of your um, coaching program? Because we're going to talk about environments and how important they are. So did you come from organizational skills and that led you into the importance? Or did you already know that? That's a very interesting question. (laughs) It's kind of both, actually. Um, I grew up, my mother is like a very organized person. And so I got to see that there was a lot of order in our life and in growing Ah, up. And one of the things I did is I did, uh, I helped, you know, family and friends and later clients in helping them organize uh, their space and environment because I quickly saw as I was, you know, creating the clutter to drama ratio that, you know, it was a way for me originally to do it for myself because I saw so Mm -hmm. much chaos in the world with the police work that it was a safe haven for me at home to have things clear. And I knew that when things started to stack up, it started affecting my overwhelm and anxiety, and I felt that it was less uh, easier to deal with the stress in my day and my work when I came home and my environment was chaotic. 
And so it was a way for me to bring peace of mind into my life. And Uh I noticed it for fellow, you know, uh, officers and friends who, mm-hmm. you know, how they felt in my home and they wanted that as well. And so that's kind of what launched into me helping people organize their life. And then as I retired out, I, I got my master's degree and started uh, really formalizing by doing the coaching and showing people how they could really direct this in their life and that they could actually create it for themselves. Right. So you talk about the environment versus willpower, could yes. you talk more? Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, this is such a, a, a great example of, you know, we set goals, right? And we have these great intentions around goals, especially like New yes. Year's goals, right? And and they're oh, yeah. good for maybe a week, two, if you're lucky, yes. three weeks. And then we start feeling maybe. bad about those goals, right? <laughs> yeah, and, right. They're taking know, up time. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so what's happening is that, you know, it's not your fault because when you set these goals, you're trying to fulfill on them based on your willpower, that you're just trying to muscle through it and, and hope that it'll get you there. And yeah. one of the things that happens is that having the willpower isn't strong enough to actually get you through to actually have that happen. It's your environment that actually pulls you into what you want to do versus willpower feels like a push. It feels like hard. It feels like you're having to force it to have happen. So we want to create the environments that actually pull us into the experience that make it easy for us to have happen. And I have a a great example around this. So a lot of times people have a health goal uh, for their, for their new year's goals and they'll either want to lose weight or they want to have more energy or there's something that they want to do around their health. And so they'll say, okay, I want to you know lose 10 pounds or I want to have more energy when I wake up and they'll say, okay, ready, go. And then they continue about doing their (laughs) habits in the regular way, and they start kind of falling off the wagon right away because their environments have not changed. Just what they said they were going to do, but they didn't do anything that supported them through it. So a great example would be if you got, like, uh, you bought this cupcake. You know, it's this gorgeous 1,000-calorie cupcake with all the frosting (laughs) and all the things on it, and Mm -hmm. you're going to bring it home and set it on your counter and say, like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to touch it. It's actually for my family. Maybe I'll just have a bite of it. You have all these things around it. But what happens is that if you put it in your home, it's in your environment, and if you walk past that cupcake enough times, you're either going to be, you know, stressed enough, hungry enough, yeah. or there's nothing else to eat that you're just going to gobble down that cupcake because it's yeah. there and it's in the environment. And so I always tell people it doesn't mean that you can never have a cupcake again. However, don't sleep with the enemy. Don't have it in your home where you're looking at it every day and having to walk past yep. it. It doesn't support you. Make it challenging. Make you have to drive to the best cupcake place and enjoy it guilt-free. And then when you come home, you have better choices. And so you fill your home with healthy snacks and things that are, are good for you. You don't want to yes. say, oh, here is these things that I'm going to get to reward myself down the road. You're going you're gonna to go into those things. So you don't want to create mm-hmm. that to be in a space that will actually affect you. So your environment is everything. So you want to create every room in your space for the experience that you want to have. In your office, you want to have it where it has, you know, you you can get a hold of your bills very easily. You can maybe connect with your clients. You know, you want to have flow and openness in there because your experience that you want to have is to make money, to have abundance. If it's yes. cluttered or stacked up, you're not going to have that experience. So you want to create right. the environment in each room of your home 
including your bedroom. You know, is that a place where you can actually rest or do you have a bunch of electronics in there or you have your laundry at the end of your bed? And like, what is Mm -hmm. the experience you actually want to have in your space? Right. Well, now I tried at the beginning of the year to start a new program. I need to exercise like many people listening now there. And so I got this portable bicycle and I put it in my bedroom and I walk by it every day. And if anything, I get guilt from not getting on it. So would you recommend something that I need to do? Um, Do I just need to fold that thing up and move it out of my bedroom and start going to a gym or what do I need to do? Well, so basically you have to shift the habits. First of all, I definitely would not have it in your bedroom because it's subconsciously having conflicting thoughts. This is a room where you're supposed to have, you know, rest and serenity. And now you're, you know, looking at that and you're feeling guilt and, you know, anxiousness, right? So that's not the energy you want to have in your bedroom. Now, one of the things you want would be helpful is if you could match it with something else. So maybe you would put it in your family room and you say, every time I watch TV, which is a sanitary activity that doesn't really support my health, I'm going to, I'm going to watch it while I'm on my bike. So you now have an activity where you are, you know, maybe getting to watch one of your shows you want to watch, but you're doing it on your bike or you have something where it is facing nature and you get to experience what is something beautiful outside. So you can have that. But the more, most important thing is, is that you actually get it on your calendar, that is you mm-hmm. actually determine a time that you're going to do it so it becomes a habit. Uh, just like brushing your teeth. It's like you get up, you brush your teeth, and then you go about your business. You need to have those habits in place about when they happen. Because if you just say, oh, I'm just going to fit it in, nothing's going to just fit in. So do you choose the time that – how do you choose the time, one that is more – because we all – exercise differently some people like do it at night some like do it early morning is it right. just so, so our own self-reflection right yeah you have to do some self-reflection to see what is the best time for you uh yeah. i have found just through my my clients that usually uh first thing in the morning i mean a lot of times people will have like maybe a meditative or prayer practice in the morning you know get themselves centered yes. uh however yeah. the earlier you do it in the day the more likely it's going to actually happen because, mm-hmm. you know, you may get sidetracked with other type things. Now, there's other mm-hmm. clients where it's like, you know what, my brain is, if you're a morning person, I really want to do my most creative, you know, things that take the most energy. And then I want to do it maybe uh, in like two in the afternoon or after yeah. work. So you got to look at what's the flow for you that you can, yeah. you know, make it an actual habit. It's great if you actually link it with something else. So if you say, I'm going to go after work then you would actually have all of your workout clothes with you that you change clothes while you're at work. So you don't allow yourself to get home and get distracted. It actually happens at that time. So you have to set up the environment so that you, uh, you link it to something else. Like it's like, okay, I go here first before I go here. I go here right after work when this happens. Uh So you link it with a time that uh, works for you, that you have the energy that matches the activity that you're going to do and that you prepare yourself by having all the things you have. You know, you have your, your shoes and your clothes laid out, and you're ready to go. Right, yeah. That's a wonderful suggestion. Great, great. Do you have other powerful tools that you'd like to have time to share with us? We're yeah, not long I, I enough. Say, we need longer. Yeah, yeah Diane, <laughs> we need more time. 
<laughs> well, I'll give you as much as I can in the time we have together here. And, and one of the things I think is really helpful, and this is actually a really great uh, resource for your listeners, is a book by a woman named Mel uh, Robbins. And yeah. it's called The Five-Second Rule. And I don't know if you've heard it, but it is a really great read uh, because it talks about how the time of us deciding to do something that is uh, in our best interest and that is powerful for us and us moving into procrastination and hesitation mm-hmm. and not doing mm-hmm. it is just five seconds. It ah. happens that quickly. And so we yeah. tend to beat up ourselves because we feel like, oh, why can't I get things done or I procrastinate or things happen? Well, because that the decision between I'm going to do something and I'm not going to do something is only five seconds. And so wow. it's, you need to have powerful starting tools that say, you know what, as soon as I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to actually do a countdown. I'm going to say five, four, three, two, one, and then you're going to move your body. You're going to get up <laughs> and put your tennis shoes on. You're going to do mm-hmm. something that actually moves you forward because if you hesitate beyond those five seconds, then uh-huh. the hesitation leads into procrastination, which let, leads into guilt, second guessing, and then you're down, you know, a slippery slope. <laughs> it's all the way down to the bottom. Yes, I think that's a. Those are great suggestions. I have heard of Mel Robbins' work, and and uh, yeah, she's even got on YouTube. You can look her up on YouTube. It's pretty interesting to hear her speak. She's powerful. Powerful. Mm-hmm. Now you have. I'd like for my audience to know how to get you. So, um, if the, your website is Diane Halfman, H A L F M A N dot com, and you also have a presence on Facebook, and that is Facebook dot com slash Diane Diane Halfman, H A L F M A N. Fan. I like that. A fan. <laughs> then you have Twitter and you also have LinkedIn. So one of the things that I usually ask my guests is if they'd be willing to give something. And you have offered a fabulous gift today. So would you please share with us what that is? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. One of the things, Joyce, that I have found that really helps people shift their life and to really, you know, regain their power and is to really have the awareness and awareness around them about what is, what is working for them and what is not working for them. So I created my Life Reset Quiz and I made it very simple for people to get to where they can just go to liferesetquiz.com and it literally mm-hmm. takes two minutes to take this uh, quiz where you're able to see in the different areas of your life you know, what are your thoughts? You know, what's your space like? How are you taking care of yourself? These different areas of your life so that you can see right away and you get the response back right away about what are the areas that you're succeeding in and you're doing really well and what are some of the areas that you need to pay attention to that you maybe need to have some support or some ways to really look at because once we have that awareness, we can then do something about it. Mm, great feedback. I think I I love to take all these quizzes, so you'll probably see my name on there for sure. But I do think that this is a great tool to help somebody start. You may be totally unaware of this is could be an area that I do need to look at. Certainly there are areas we know, but there are some that maybe we're, we're so comfortable 
that yeah. we don't realize it's kind of a point that we could improve or change or we need to make a decision about. So I love this tool that you've, you have created for uh, people to take. And I think people like to take quizzes, don't you? I think yeah, they I like think the so feedback. Too. The woman Absolutely. that's listening to us today wants to have that information. She wants to change her life. She wants to go through successfully through whatever transition she's experiencing. So why did you decide to do Spa Life Podcast? Which is, an, we well, want people to go there too. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to have people really look at, I found that in my work, when especially with my police work, I, I lived literally in emergency mode every day, answering emergency calls. But what I mm-hmm. found is that most people I come in contact with they also live their life every day in emergency mode. They're just putting out fires and they're overwhelmed and anxious and they're trying to get all these things done and there's just all these have-tos that they need to do. And so I really wanted to look at the uh, you know spa life about how do you live your spa life? How do you have that power within you? How are you living at choice in your life? And so I consciously wanted to create an environment where we could showcase uh, successful women who have this high level of success in their life, but they're doing it with some harmony. They're doing it where they're having some balance in their life. And and balance Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily balance every day. I mean, it's really about how you can really flow the things together so it actually is a reflection so that you Mm -hmm. actually emerge in living your best Mm -hmm. life. So it's it's really uh, showcasing how you get out of emergency mode, how you the decisions that you make in your day-to-day life so that it can actually equal a life that you actually enjoy and that's something that you're choosing and it's really being uh, proactive and designing your life versus living by default. Yeah. So you interview much like I'm doing in this podcast, right? You interview a woman every week. That's awesome. I love it. You know I love it because that's what I do. And um, I think... uh, Having examples and people can open our worlds of close, where we may live in a closed environment where we've got some bars around our thoughts that we need to bust down. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity to highlight people. And, yes, in, I, I you know, definitely think so. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, one of the yeah. things I think is so great is that, you know, so many times we don't have examples of how we can succeed in life and mm-hmm. what we can do. and. Sometimes our vision of what that looks like uh, is not something that we actually want to have in our life. Like it doesn't feel like, well, that person, yeah, they might be successful, but, you know, they went through, you know, uh, hell to get there, right? And yeah, so, right. You know, you really want to look at what is the, some of their successful strategies that allowed them to learn from that so that we can, yeah. you know, uh, not have to reinvent the wheel and have those strategies to improve our own life. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Now, I have to ask this question. What what was the decision when that that sort of switched you from the um cop world into I assume you went into spa life and creating and wanted to coach. Was there a moment in there that you decided this is where I stop this and I start creating this? Well, I think that, that the answer to that is divine intervention, that it wasn't actually a conscious choice on my part. Uh, uh-huh. I was actually in a, in a training accident uh, oh, okay. where 
I actually shattered the the bones in my in my gun hand, and I was uh, medically retired from the department. So uh-huh. I basically went through half my career. I did ten years of patrol as uh-huh. well as undercover uh-huh. work, and it was you know that was definitely a uh, coming to Jesus moment of now what right? Talk about getting mm-hmm. a huge pivot in your life of how you think you're going to move forward. Right. And yeah. I think uh, there's so many things that you feel like, oh, wow, this happened to me. But I really mm-hmm. believe things happen for us. And oh, I they agree. really yeah. shift us in a way that allows us. I think sometimes our most tragic moments uh, really are, are catalysts. They're, they're launching pads into the next <laughs> phase of our life. And it allows us to get all of the, the experiences of those things that is mm-hmm. really becomes our, our message. And so I love, I've heard this before about, you know, our mess becomes our message. And it uh-huh. really is uh, what brings us into the world to do our greater work. Yeah. It's sort of like when the universe speaks to us and says, okay, you're ready to move on. <laughs> you trained well. It's your turn to move. Right. And we might go <laughs> and kicking and screaming until we realize, <laughs> oh, okay, maybe this is a good move. <laughs> This may turn out better than I think. <laughs> and I'm, I know it has. I know the great tools, but also the empathy that you gain by having such a diverse background has given you such great insight to yeah. some of the, the transitions women go through. And although the word transition has been so overused, it is still what we do do we kind of recreate who we are all through our life and it's um amazing the doors that open to help us move into a new area right Right. well i think that you know the word is is you know transformation you know that we really are are transferring all of the things in our life into the next version of ourselves and i think what's so powerful about uh, hosting shows like, you know, you and I are doing is to have that example of women on the other side. Because when you're in it, you, you can't see the lessons in it. It's really hard to really see. It's, it can be challenging to be like, well, how is this really for my greater good? It, this is the worst thing that's happened. I mean, depending on where your mindset is around it, it can be really challenging. But yes. you really connect with women on the other side to really start, you know, connecting the dots of this is actually mm-hmm. the best thing that happened to you because it mm-hmm. really gave you uh, a voice or it gave you a foundation to use all of the things that happened to uh, really apply it to the next life. And, and that is so transformative and so powerful to be able to mm-hmm. you know, make it to the other side. Oh, indeed. Indeed. So what are you, what do you have ahead of you? Do you, um, is it to, Build. You say you want to travel international. You have an international mission, so you want to take your your message globally, or what yeah. is? So, would that be uh, the I'm, the next step for you? Yeah. So there are a, a couple things. One, I'm I'm really focusing on speaking and really uh-huh. getting in front of uh, groups of women, and I do my, my power talk. So I have an acronym around power that's P-O-W-E-R, and it's uh-huh. really about women reclaiming their power. And I'm really passionate about that conversation because I think there's so many things in life that can leak our power, and we can feel yes. you know, uh, help the, helpless or paralyzed by it. 
And so I'm really uh, about the message of women reclaiming their power. And so that's really what I'm doing now is speaking on stages uh, and getting that message out, uh, as well as I have uh, online online courses, and I also host retreats for people who I think it's important to have community where people yes. can uh, come together and uh, transform some of these experiences together. So um, I'm just connecting with the women of the world. I know. So do through your programs that you offer, people need to go to your website to, to know exactly what you do offer. There are so many wonderful things there. Yeah. Um, Tell us a few of the things just so we can entice them to go there because <laughs> they need to go and see what's on your website for sure. Right, right. Well, I can give you a little sneak peek. One of the things that's not up there yet, but uh, if you uh, if you take the quiz, uh, we'll be in, in contact through email. So, you know, anyone can ask any questions about it. But uh, I've got some save the dates for February, which will be happening in beautiful, sunny, you know, San Diego, California. Uh, mm-hmm. where I'll be having a two-day live re- uh, retreat where it'll be Reclaim Your Power. So it'll be really ah. powerful for, for women to come and be together and really be a part of the conversation of, of reclaiming their power. So that's one of the big things right. that I'm focusing on um, with that. Oh, that's awesome. Now, will this be your first big event? Or this have you be- done others? I have, I've have done others. I've done uh, couples retreats and I've done retreats for women. Uh, so uh-huh. I, I do like to bring people together. This will be the yes. first time that I will do one where we're focusing specifically on regaining your power and ah. uh, focusing on the, the power aspects of it about really empowering yourself and, and how to do that and the tools around that. Right. So what do you offer on your Facebook page? If somebody wants to go and visit your Facebook, do you um, answer questions? Do you, how do people interact with you on your Facebook? I do. Uh, I've got uh, several. I've got a uh, private group, and it's actually the uh, Spa Life Sisterhood. And <laughs> it's a place where women can, you know, if you go onto Facebook and you, you look that up, you can uh, ask for a request to join that. I'm happy to have your your membership uh, be in there it's uh complimentary to be in there but it's it's a private group so that we can have conversations about you know things in your environment things you might be tolerating uh, yeah. i also have daily messages is take you know in a positive frame of mind that is in there and yeah. it's a way to really create community because sometimes when we go through uh you know transition or we go through tragedy and things that happen you know a lot of times we talk about the the three d's that can really take us out from you know, disease, divorce, and death, and we feel alone and isolated. So I think it's so important to connect in community, and so that's what I create in my my Facebook group. And we do some challenges as well, like ways to reset your life and things that uh, really allow us to interact together to support each other. Yes. Would you please share with us again those two uh, addresses, your website and your Facebook? Sure, yes. So you can go to uh, dianehaffman.com, and there has all of my online academies. It has ways that you can connect with me. There's some other free gifts in there. So there's a lot of things that you can explore uh, on my, my website. And then when you are in uh, Facebook, you can actually in, uh, first of all, you'd want to uh, friend me and become friends. Yeah. And so you can just yeah. go to uh, Diane Hoffman, just search for me there, and uh, you can add that. 
and then you can look for uh, Spa Life Sisterhood. And for if you just oh, search awesome. under groups, and if yep. you look at Spa Life Sisterhood, then you can come in there, and uh, we'll we'll admit you in. Sounds like a great support group. I have so enjoyed this, Diane. You are doing amazing work. I love the message. I love you. So many things about the work that you're doing. So I just feel thrilled that we walked across each other's paths <laughs> in our growth and um, that I could um, offer your knowledge to my listeners as well. Um, I encourage all of you out there to go to www.lifereset quiz.com so that you one can learn more about yourself but you can also start being connected with diane so thank you diane thank you thank you thank you it's been great oh my pleasure joyce and thank you for all that you're doing to connect these women together and giving them a forum a forum to really get their their voice and their feelings be heard here so thanks so much yeah. for your work in the world yeah thank you so My dears out there, please have a great week. Take this information that you've learned today, incorporate into your life, and you will start changing your life. So you've heard some great, great information today. So until next week, I hope you make this week memorable and that it's full of love. Thank you. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 